0: ba <laughs>
1: Welcome to bonus episode number 19 of the Book Horse Pod. I'm Kate, and I'm here with Krista Miranda, and we are having
2: a time with the audio, but you know, it's whatever. It's super cool.
3: Yeah, that's what happens when we record without uh, Kristen.
2: It's, she it's true. promised me that everything was fine, and then she left. Uh,
3: <laughs> I <What>? mean,
2: <laughs> the lesson,
3: as always, is never listen to Kristen.
2: I mean, that's accurate. Wait, well, I couldn't hear myself at first and so that's when we turned my gain all the way up
0: Uh, i was like oh i can hear myself
2: now maybe you
1: could i don't know i don't don't know know how how it works works. that's weird seems fake but that's fine (laughs) um so we are allegedly discussing vader immortal episode one which is the uh vr experience uh that came out recently for the oculus quest and rift and um chris can you can you please tell the nice people i think you've told the story before but in case people have forgotten can you please tell the nice story of how he wound up getting an oculus
3: oh sure i mean you know i wanted one from <laughs> hearing about the this y'all know that i love darth vader um
2: no, no, no! I mean the funny story.
1: No, not I
3: know. The... Okay. We're, we're okay. Oh, I there. thought
2: it was just gonna end at I wanted one. Oh no! I mean, Which would yes. have been a great story. Like, I'm not here to judge. Tell it quickly. Oh, I know what Maran is drinking.
3: <laughs> um. So I wanted one, but I got. The, but they're like fucking expensive. But then, like two weeks before it came out, I got like a random insurance check from when a drunk driver hit my car. Oh, from your six insurance check?
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> It's absolutely not what it was. It was an insurance error in my favor. Monopoly rule says I get that's my money. Oh my God. Anyway, they sent me money that they probably shouldn't have, but then I had it. And so s-
1: and so he did. So Chris and I both played it. Miranda had played it when she came to visit DC back when we were living there, and so we're going to talk about it. But yeah.
2: Before we do that, Miranda, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm just drinking Rainier. I'm not having a classy evening. <laughs> I mean,
1: we're not terribly exciting over here. Um, well, I guess Chris is exciting. Chris, what are you drinking?
3: I mean, honestly, I kind of wanted beer, but we don't have any. Uh I'm drinking my Arate tequila blanco.
1: Honestly, the fact that we don't have beer in the fridge right now when we now live in Colorado is a Yeah, and yet we've
3: got like 9 bottles of hard liquor downstairs.
2: You should be ashamed of yourselves. I know.
1: I know.
3: We got we'll fix it. We'll fix it. You Listen, should. we moved this month. Money's a little tight, it'll be fine.
2: <laughs> That's a big mood. <laughs> Uh, that's why we have nine
3: bottles of hard alcohol, but no beer, because that makes sense.
2: <laughs> yeah, sure. Who says no? It's it's fine.
1: Um, to 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 be fair, to be fair, I I'm not even drinking because I'm like my brain is trying to kill me with a migraine, so I'm drinking some fucking CBD tea, so that's fine. <laughs> it tastes like tropical green tea. <laughs> Ooh. Um, there is no THC in here, so no, I'm not getting high. Unfortunately for everybody, that could be fun though. So, I mean, it is legal here. I can do whatever the fuck I want now. Ha ha, it's fucking true. federal government. Um, <laughs> that'll probably happen at some point, but not today. <laughs> um, should we discuss the Star War? Star War. Um, Star War. I mean, I'm, I'm just like, wait, what do you mean we didn't just go on a tangent for like 15 fucking minutes at the time Yeah, of the it's, episode? It's a, what's,
3: what's the missing link and here? It's freaking
2: me out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want Uh, me to read you the description of my beer? Yes.
3: Yes. Do that. I mean, it's it's a rager. Does it have a description?
2: Um, I can't even read in this light. This room is not very well lit. (laughs) Can't Um, even read beer.
3: (laughs) Did you guys just like create a dungeon in your house? Because I feel like you're in a completely new room. There, there
2: are no overhead lights in our downstairs area except in the kitchen actually no that's that's not correct that is misleading we don't have any overhead lights in the living room or the office there's just like little lights on the wall there's two in the office neither of them are close to where we have the desk (laughs) um can't say anything we have a similar situation going on (laughs) what the fuck does this say We're just gonna keep letting this roll. We're not editing out the
1: you silence.
0: Know, no, oh, to squinting. Old
2: aluminum, <laughs> aluminum. No, that's that's not what that word is.
3: What looks like aluminum?
2: Oh no, it is aluminum recyclable can. <laughs> um, oh, it's Mountain's fresh, Mountain fresh beer, naturally brewed since 1878. <laughs> there is no description. <laughs>
3: Wow! So not only did that take a really long time to figure out, it was also not worth it.
2: (laughs) Um, I'm sorry, Chris. We much like this podcast naturally. Be honest, and that it's mountain fresh because it's Rainier.
3: But is it as cold as the Rockies?
2: Okay, but it's no because Mount Rainier is not in the fucking Rockies.
3: (laughs) Yes, thank you, Miranda, (laughs) for that geography lesson.
2: I'm here to help.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: The more you know, there's your. That's Jesus. our geography lesson of the day. Oh, fucking god, I'm actually in miserable geography, so I can't even say anything. Also, this is what we do on Friday nights: so we read up beer cans that tell us nothing and talk about mountains.
2: Yeah, we spend
3: like two hours cooking when it was not supposed to take that long.
2: What do you? What do you mean we? It's your own fault. You can't make your damn beans, man. You know what? Beans, beans, <laughs> the musical fruit.
3: Oh my god. <laughs> whatever i made some delicious chili and now kate can't have any oh yeah. my
0: rude, god
1: man. yeah i don't want remember it. how
3: you were asking for the cornbread see i don't remember want it. that Ooh. oh
1: my god this is abuse <laughs> okay that's,
2: that's a fancy funny, but... ass dinner for a friday
3: well i'm big on like meal planning so i just made like a giant ass pot and now i'm going to eat it for the next week good and t- today happened to be the day where i ran out of the last giant ass thing i made <laughs> ergo <laughs> chili hey chris what's up you want to you
1: wanna no. yeah, that, oh, that. kidding, <laughs> want to talk about darth vader no yeah just kidding i always <laughs> want to talk about darth vader that's an absolute lie right um, all right so, so a little
3: background on vader immortal
1: yeah i was gonna say can you so we we don't talk about the marvel comics on this podcast because marvel can suck my dick yeah um but yeah
3: so there's a big butt and this <laughs> is where <laughs> big butt <laughs> lord um <laughs> <laughs> this is... Oh, my God.
2: I'd apologize for being like this, but I'm not sorry. No, you're yeah, not. No, Absolutely you're not.
3: not. Um, this is where the whole everything is connected, but we hate one of the publishers thing comes back to bite us because we, as you, as older listeners know, and newer listeners may have gathered or seen us tweet about, we don't talk about the Marvel comics on this podcast. Um, We have in the past... Uh, it's just gotten to the point where the people in charge of the Marvel line and Marvel comics in general uh, editor chief and uh, senior editor, Mark uh, Panacea. I, I not, not I don't know. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. So <laughs> apologies, apologies to the asshole for mispronouncing his name. Miss, Mr. But
2: Pancetta. Go on.
3: Mr. Pancetta. Yes. <laughs> um, They're not good people. They're extremely racist people. Uh, the mark uh, mark Panchetta is the one who fired chuck <laughs> wendig off of writing marvel comics cb sibowski uh in addition to being a comic skater also spent many years pretending to be a japanese person uh to, because he to try and like get better jobs and therefore stealing those jobs from actual japanese people who are talented uh and they responded by promoting him so we don't read the marvel comics um, we're hoping one day that we will be able to, when those two people are not involved anymore. But the problem is that they are. Marvel's actually doing some really interesting things. We just don't want to support them financially or encourage anybody else to support them financially.
1: Right. Um, if you want to support the writers of those comics, uh, they often uh, write for, write or have written for other imprints and storylines as well so go buy go buy those
3: yeah or or get these comics at the library yes that's what i'm gonna say libraries have trade paperbacks and Mm -hmm. they will buy them if you request them so back to this back to the actual point here vader immortal takes place i thought the point was sorry
1: (laughs) sorry go on
3: uh vader immortal takes (laughs) place relatively soon after the end of the most recent darth vader ongoing run uh which was which was entitled darth vader dark lord of the sith and was written by charles soul it what well, it's a story of basically t- picks up right at the end of revenge of the sith with vader waking up in his suit and lasts about a year or two ish after after the empire is created and kind of goes through vader's evolution oh my god
1: Chris, would you like Miranda, to read? Miranda,
3: Miranda just added the following notes to the outline. I'm going to read them verbatim. <laughs> Point big butt Vader. <laughs> subpoint he thick. <laughs> Thank you, Miranda, for your contribution here.
2: I provide a very interesting perspective <laughs> on all things Star Wars. <laughs>
1: She sure do. (laughs) Oh my god.
3: Anyway, uh, (laughs) Charles Soule wrote an incredible comic run that I wish we could discuss on the podcast because it really adds just so much depth to Darth Vader and to Anakin and kind of shows you how difficult the transition from being Anakin Skywalker to being Darth Vader is because we haven't really seen that side. Um, I highly encourage people to... Go get it from your library. It's four trade paperbacks. It's not that long. I think it's 25 issues. Uh, It's incredible. The illustrations are incredible. Go get it from your library. Go borrow it from a friend. Get it in some way that Marvel doesn't get any money for it. Um, But to talk about Vader Immortal, we need to talk about that comic. So we're going to do that. If you haven't read it, then maybe go read it and come back to this if you care about spoilers. So the ending of that story i, I promise this is not going to be a whole long thing i will make it as quiet as possible the the last arc deals with how darth vader built his castle on mustafar uh the castle obviously that we see in vader immortal that we first saw in rogue one and it goes into why he chose mustafar and kind of what the point of the castle is the, and, the point
1: of the castle is that anakin skywalker needs space therapy <laughs> yeah anakin is very extra Correct.
3: His extra is undefeated, as we know from pretty much everything that (laughs) Anakin Skywalker has ever been in. But basically, he is obsessed with the idea of bringing Padme back from the dead, and he can feel an incredibly strong connection to the force on Mustafar, and specifically in one specific cave under his castle. In Mustafar,
2: it's like a it's a well of
3: yeah. It's kind of like a well or a locus of so, some sort of the dark side. Well, yeah, s-
2: that's where he got his fucking like arms and legs chopped off by his best friend. Like he'll go build a castle there, but he won't yeah. go back to Tatooine.
3: <laughs> I mean, there's no sand on Mustafar. <laughs>
0: it's true. Just, that's true. It's just, all burned just
3: away, flames. Uh,
1: would you Would you say that the the evil, bad, bad location under his castle is sort of analogous to, like, for example? The Force Cave on Dagobah. Uh,
3: yeah, ish. Yeah, okay. Ish. I think it's stronger. Right. I think the implication is it is like a not very often found around the galaxy. Right. Situation.
2: Oh, what about the one on um,
3: um or- I I, I kind of related Octo? to the one on Mortis. Oh, on Octo Ooh. potentially too. Okay. Um, but anyway, so it's it's an incredibly strong locus of the dark side. So Anakin tries to use this connection to the dark side and build a castle that essentially acts as kind of like a lightning rod for the force is it for lack of a better term to harness the force open a door to the netherworld of the force as yoda calls it i don't we don't we don't really have a a term for force heaven or force hell and try and go get padme
1: is it is it the world between worlds
3: um undetermined Ooh. it's not it's not super clear because it's not a really physical it's not a physical place which the world between worlds isn't either. It doesn't look the same, but that doesn't mean it's not. Huh. Okay. Um anyway, many things happen. He fights some dude, lava ensues, but he gets this <laughs> portal open and he goes and he like kinda goes on this like bizarre spirit walk where it's just his like his his spirit, like the force inside him, walks through and sees all the terrible things he's done. Sees everybody he's ever known.
1: That's the most incredible issue, by the it's, way. It's, it's
3: really it's It's issue 25. It's and like you should all read it.
1: The comics version of like a silent movie. Yeah. It's it's amazing.
3: Um, And anyway, he finds Padme. But because the dark side of the force takes away from you, he is not able to bring Padme back. She dies again. He watches her die again. And then he is stuck. And that kind of is a turning point moment for him of kind of realizing that he is no longer Anakin Skywalker. He is now Darth Vader, and this is the life that he now has to live. Fast forward, undetermined amount of time, but it is relatively soon after this, to Vader Immortal. And the kind of plot running here is that Darth Vader is trying to use an ancient artifact of Mustafar to bring Padme back to life.
1: Wait, so he's trying again? Yes. Okay. I thought I had thought because I haven't read the comics for, um, I hate racist reasons. I had thought that what was happening in Vader Immortal was tangled up with the storylines of the comics. Like, no. oh, okay. This is this is new stuff. It me. is
3: different. It's unclear. Okay. What side? Uh, what role the dark side of the force is playing in the Eon Engine, which is what this this artifact that. Vader is trying to recreate is called
1: the big sparkly rock rock thing. the big
3: sparkly rock rock thing exactly. <laughs> okay. um, so it's it's unclear what the connection is. I assume there is a connection because in Vader Immortal, you go into the caverns below Vader's castle, and they've excavated an entire civilization down there.
2: There's lots of sparkly rocks.
3: Lots of sparkly rocks. So many. Um,
2: Don't be fooled. So anyway, that he's got.
3: Long story short, he is still trying to bring Padme back.
2: Does he know that's not going to work?
3: Um, Probably on some level.
2: I feel like he doesn't. Like, I mean, yeah, I feel like he, he, he does, dumb. but he's also kind of a dumb-dumb. Like, it's Anakin true. was never... He's very talented and powerful. Never the brightest. It's true. Bold in the bunch. Brute force in his way through
1: everything. Wait, Chris, so around when do we estimate in the larger Star Wars timeline is episode one of Vader Immortal happening?
3: I would say it's hard to tell because it's very vague. Right. Um, I think it's purposefully it's vague. It's intentionally vague because, you know, we and we've talked about this on this podcast, they don't like assigning specific dates to everything because then it just gets really hard and really tangled and they like to keep things vague where they can.
1: I also think it's an accessibility thing, but we can talk about that a little bit later in the yeah. episode. But go um, on.
3: No. That said, I... I think one would be led to believe that it's that the comic, that arc of the comic takes place about two years after the rise of the empire. And I would guess that Vader Immortal takes place two to three years after that. So that would put us at 15 to 14 years before the battle of Yavin. Okay. So probably a little bit before a new dawn, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: probably right around the time Thrawn joined the empire maybe okay uh just just to get not that that has any relevance just to give context to what's happening in the galaxy right now
1: that's good i like that it's like it's like when you learn about world history and nobody tells you that stuff in different regions is happening at the same time they just focus on like fucking europe and it's just like china's also doing shit too but you would have no idea because our education
2: system is bad
3: yeah exactly (laughs) like hans probably like 15-ish right now
2: okay white supremacy in my American educational system. Never heard of it. A pow.
0: Pow <laughs>
3: um, <laughs> So that's so that's where we are right now. Again, that's a vague guess. They have not said exactly when Vader Immortal takes place other than it is relatively soon after the comic. I'm estimating two to three years because the comic doesn't have any of the excavation. Um
1: Yeah, it takes a while to dig
2: shit up, I
3: assume. I, <laughs> one one thing that's interesting is that they use an interdictor to pull you out of hyperspace at the beginning and
2: can you explain what that is
3: yeah so that's the it's um the big ship it's, with the underboobs. boobs it's, yeah it's the it's the little like <laughs> boob things on the bottom of a um it's they're generally not star destroyers but they're like cruisers i'm just um,
2: picturing a cow floating through space right yes, now that's... like a very big cow What it looked like to me, I, like, looked up and it was just like, oh, why are there
1: teats on this bitch? Well,
3: (laughs) and the reason that's a little weird is because we see the gravity wells in those interdictors being tested in Rebels Season 1, which is four years before the battle, five years before the Battle of Yavin. So, that's why it's it's also a little unclear. Now, they've said that this takes place close to the comic, so I'm willing to chalk that up to Vader had a special prototype of it. It's been improved since then, and they're running tests on the one that is like more applicable. Any number of different reasons. Such um, as they done fucked up. But huh?
1: Such as they done fucked up.
3: Yeah. Such as they done. Su- such as they potentially done fucked up. That's yes all right. <laughs> such as such as plot reasons. It Nothing. A- nothing's ever happened in the Star Wars universe for plot reasons, as we know.
1: <laughs> Um, so before we dive into talking a little bit about the story and its connections, I have, I have an, I have a vaguely related aside, which is, um, so Chris has met Charles Soul like one time and it was the most adorable thing ever because Charles Soul came to Awesome Con in DC and he had a booth set up where he was like, you know selling his comics and he was uh, signing them and stuff and chris spent about 10 minutes walking the exhibit floor because i told him he should go say hi because he's such a big fucking fan of carl souls um darth vader run except he was too nervous so we kept walking so we like would do a lap and come back to like nearish carl souls table and be like all right you want to say hi to him now and he's like let's just do another lap and we did that like
2: several many times
1: yeah it was it
3: was it was, it was <laughs> that's, awkward
2: that's a big like i'm not going to pretend like i haven't done that at like Oh, yeah, it was just adorable. S- student org fairs, but <laughs> other places, probably. Job fair, yeah, totally. No, I have absolutely done that. It was just really, really adorable, because when my finally walked up to him,
1: Chris was, like, breathing into a bag stash, and Carl Soule's, like, a very nice, very super normal guy who's just, like, you know, very appreciative, like, people liking his comics, you know, just trying to make a buck, like, any any, any artist. Like, it was, like, he was, like, super, super down-to-earth and awesome, and Chris was just, like oh my god, 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 oh my god. And it was adorable. Basically. Because if you haven't met Chris, he's six foot two and is actually a soft loaf of bread deep down in his heart. And so He's a big soft boy. It's true. It was amazing. Anyway.
3: Back to Star Wars.
2: Would you like to talk about... That wasn't not Star Wars.
3: It's, it's true. It wasn't I not saw... Star Wars. Back to the big... universe, Star Wars. Um.
2: So would you like to
1: talk about uh Vader slash Anakin's extrosity
3: yeah, he's so fucking needy <laughs> Just like, like
1: besides the fact that this is the first time we've like uh, well obviously we get shots of it in rogue one but this is like we actually get to walk around vader's castle in this mm-hmm. thing it is ginormous it is pointy like <laughs> you know you said you i think the way you put it was, was was really excellent that he is trying to make a a lightning rod for the forest, but he could have just built a lightning
2: rod he didn't need to build a whole house with like or he could build that's a that's actually that's gone into in several lightning rods
3: that's <laughs> gone that's gone into in the comic actually this is actually version nine
2: of the castle
1: yeah
3: he blew up the first eight because they didn't work
1: excuse me
3: yeah it's a whole thing it's a whole thing it's a whole thing
1: oh my fucking god. Chris, i'm just gonna let you talk while i just like scream into a bag for a little bit
3: um so as you can tell by the fact that he built not one not two but nine castles on this fucking lava planet <coughs> anakin slash vader is still he's he's understanding who he is now and that he is no longer anakin skywalker but he's still not really accepting it like there's the moment in the comic where he starts to accept it but it's anakin And we know that he has trouble with, like, object permanence. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, when he's not immediately, like, sad about something, he goes back to being Anakin and is like, what if somebody hugs me again?
1: Oh, my God. Uh,
3: So, he, and so this constant need for companionship, obviously, is still impacting him as he is still, you know, presumably four or five years after her death trying to bring padme back and try and thinking presumably that that will somehow redeem him and erase everything he's done and there's actually a scene in uh there's actually a scene in um sorry i just completely lost my train of thought In Vader immortal where he takes his helmet off and like talks to this the rock (laughs) the rock that's part of the eon engine i there's the bright star no, he needs the bright star. He talks to the Ian. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of terms. Um, Kristen would not remember any of this. Um, <laughs> but he's, like, talking to the thing, and he, like, kind of hears Padme's voice. Yeah, you
1: kind of see a come. shadow of her, like, talking to him.
3: Yeah. Like, it's kind of like, you know, it's almost like if this thing had more power, it would actually work. Which, who knows, maybe it would. Um, spoiler alert, like I'm guessing Padme does not come back from the dead at the end. Huh?
2: Can't he just, like, force lightning the... I force, don't think it's that kind of power. The force oh, button.
0: And the then... force button. <laughs> I don't.
2: Is it a? I don't remember, man. <laughs> um, the, where's the on
1: switch for this thing? Yeah. But so we it's so we like s- we
3: hear Padme's voice and Anakin actually takes his helmet off and I kind of assume it's Matt Lanter voicing him. Yeah, but but you know, like we get
1: the whole whole egg, egghead thing happening. Yeah,
3: like you you see the back of his head. He's got very much got you know burned Anakin going on. Delicious, and it's and and he and he's basically like trying to talk to Padme and tell her that he is coming for her, and then he loses connection and like you know he lose he loses cable reception, and then he like you know (laughs) freaks out and blows things up. Essentially, classic Anakin.
2: Yeah, I mean that's what I do when I lose internet, so I get it. Uh,
3: Also, yeah, honestly, yeah.
2: (laughs) Wait, Chris,
1: is it Matt Lanter? Is Matt was Matt Lanter said to be in this?
3: i have no idea i don't know if he's credited but it sounded like matt lanter
1: oh, i'm gonna have to like replay matt lanter the the voice actor for anakin from the clone wars
3: it sounded like him and i don't know why they wouldn't have used him that's true that's kind of where i'm at he
2: he likes money and is anakin <laughs> also like as an aside that
1: chris you are holding the potato <laughs> and playing with a knob on a drawer <laughs> at the same time with the same hand don't cheat on
2: french fry like
3: that oh my god It oh is not my, french fry yes god. it
2: is um
3: we had some excellent <laughs> suggestions from our listeners this oh, week did for, i miss what the potatoes gonna be named it's in the slack so yes, yes not, you did will, i
2: was reading the slack but maybe that was yesterday
1: we will discuss we will discuss them with Kristen next next real episode but, it's true we will
2: oh i wow. i see that's a good one i still like french fry <laughs> um <laughs> Yes, Miranda. (laughs) As a quick aside related to um, Dooku, that's what we were listening to. Mm -hmm. It's almost, I mean, like Anakin is already not good at like feelings and emotions and communication, but it's almost as if living as a Jedi for like 15 years or however long the fuck it is, is bad. Because they don't let you have feelings or, or healthy he- relationships with other beings.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's funny how that works. It's funny when you when you don't learn how to healthily like you know expend your anger, how it just turns into killing
2: young <laughs> lions. <laughs> like, but like he's consumed by this five years later. Mm-hmm <laughs> and like he clearly never learned how to deal with any of that. And I'm not going to pretend like I'm good with dealing with, like, my very strong feelings. But at a certain point, you know. Yeah. He, he has not accepted this.
1: Absolutely not. Absolutely. No. Like, the, the the way he clings to the past is sad but also fascinating to me in terms of, like, his his character. So, um, Chris, you were literally just talking about how... Vader is, in the comics, is starting to come to accept the fact that he is no longer Anakin Skywalker, except he's always going back to Anakin, just wanting. It almost feels like he still wants to become Anakin, even though he feels like he can't. And because he can't, he also wants to, like, crush that part of himself. Like we saw in um, Thrawn Alliances, uh, we're flashing back between. Anakin in the past as he is like whole and healthy and blowing up minds and <laughs> Anakin, and then invader in the present or the present timeline of that book anyway um where he just he won't even think about Anakin's name or like a, a think about Anakin as a part of himself he just calls he just calls him the Jedi um but he's so graspy at that what do you you you, you being a great connoisseur of uh, Vader's psyche, what, what's going on there for you?
3: He's, I mean, it's, there's no question it's partially him. Like, it's partially his personality. He's always been kind of clingy, right? And like, <laughs> like he's, he's always wanted to hold on to what he has and not move forward. He's kind of like the opposite of Luke in that way,
0: mm. in an interesting
3: way. Because Luke is always, you know, famously looking to the horizon, uh, Whereas Anakin is always looking backward. Like, he wants to go back to his mom. He wants to go back to Padme. He wants to go back to being a Jedi. But also, you have the dark side influence and Palpatine's influence. And I think this is part of how the dark side takes from you. Because, like, that's its thing, right? Like no ma- It promises you all these things, and then it delivers none of it and takes from you. And that's what it's done for Anakin, because it has taken... Not only in a very literal sense, his body, but it's also taken all of his hopes and everything that he actually wanted. And then it keeps giving him these, like, shreds of hope that he can go back to the way it was, but then it's 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 fool's gold. It's not actually true. And so I think that combined with the relationship where he is just so submissive to, and afraid of Palpatine that he... Is then a, like kind of goes through these stages of wanting to not be vader but then being really afraid that he's failing and then like being like well no now i have to do this and like being very uh back and forth about it like so he has his you know quote unquote strong moments where he understands and wants to move forward as vader and you see that at the very end of souls comic you see that in uh kind of the rogue one a new hope he's very much vader You see that in uh, what am I thinking of The run (laughs) Alliances. But then on the other hand, you have these moments where he kind of wants to go back and like wonders what could have been. And you see that here and you see that a little bit in the Kieran Gillen original run of the Darth Vader comic, which we talked a little bit about way back on, I want to say episode like eight or nine. Um, Yeah, a while ago before we stop listening to Marvel. And you see it a little bit, actually, in Lords of the Sith, which we're going to be reading in the nearest future as well.
1: What, for you guys, like, asking asking you both as Chris being a huge, like, Vader-Anakin fan and then um, Miranda being a huge Padme fan, the fact that he still, he just keeps trying to bring her back. What do you think that says about their relationship and... Maybe how
2: it was meant to be written in the prequels versus how it was written. I think the intention is definitely not how it came across. (laughs) I mean, I might be wrong. Like, George Lucas might have tried to make it super fucking creepy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, like, when, when I think about this, it's like he was really obsessive and, like, that whole relationship was very, like, toxic and problematic. And I'm pretty sure that if, like, Padme were aware of, like, what was happening five years on, she'd be like, dude, you need to calm down. Because, uh, <laughs> yes. well, you know, we see at the end of uh, Re- Revenge of the Sith that she's, like, not into what he's become. Extremely not into it. Like, super not into it. For good reason. You know, he's turned to the dark side. He's killing younglings. He's fucking choking her on Mustafar, using the Force. And I feel like, I mean, he does really just kind of spiral from there. Like, it's five years later, or whatever we've agreed upon. Um, He's built a castle to mark that general spot on the planet where all the shit went down. Oh, gosh. Um... (laughs) He is trying to bring her back despite having been unsuccessful several times before, including the time that made him turn to the dark side and led to her eventual death because George Lucas didn't know how to write out a character who didn't exist in the original trilogy. Um, Never hurt.
1: Never hurt. This has never happened before (laughs) in the
3: history of Star Wars. Like I said, plot reasons. For reasons we can't explain. No, Plot reasons yeah uba robot plot reasons who
2: says no (laughs) oh my god
3: everyone everyone says no to that
2: oh my god
3: um it's interesting because oh i'm sorry yeah go go ahead
2: chris and i are getting married next no okay that was a weird joke and it was it made sense in my head and then it didn't make sense yeah i I think
3: there was a missed connection there (laughs)
2: Well, it was like, oh, Chris is like Vader, and I'm like Padme, and I was like, oh. Uh, It's funny, because Chris is married, and you're gay. Right?
3: (laughs) You're like, that would work out for none of us.
2: You don't know that Padme is not gay. Yeah, we do. She's, yeah. Yeah. I mean. Could be queer.
3: Yeah. Could be be queer.
2: Everybody's little space queer. Oh, Yeah. yes. No, no
3: accurate absolute evidence that she's not queer Ac-
2: accurate accurate
3: there's there's one character in all of Star Wars who we have absolute evidence that they're not queer Who's that? It's Leia.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Which is so disappointing. I know. It's okay. It's okay. She's still space mom.
3: <laughs> yeah, she's still space mom. She's just straight space mom. Yeah. Um anyway, back to this. Um it's interesting because I feel like you know looking at their relationship And like what it could have been if it had been written differently. I feel like their relationship is very much like he's like just just to use completely inappropriate like analogies for this. Like she is absolutely the dom in that relationship and he is the sub.
2: Oh, yeah. Why is is that inappropriate? Well, it's not inappropriate. (laughs) Uh, One of you said something earlier about sub and I are about being afraid of Palpatine or like something about his oh, relationship yeah. and I almost sub, pu- yeah. I, I almost put that underneath Big Butt Vader
0: <laughs> <sighs> sorry
3: <laughs> uh, pretty sure you mean you almost put Big Butt Vader underneath Palpatine
2: what you do
1: in the privacy
2: pa- of your own home
1: <laughs> Anakin's a power bomb pass it on <laughs> listen Darth Twink had to get it from somewhere <laughs> <laughs>
3: Ain't sorry. But yeah, and so like since George Lucas didn't really know you know I'm not an artist, far be it for me to tell artists how to do their work. That out of the way, since George Lucas didn't know how to write this relationship in a real way, (laughs) you kinda have this abusive Anakin who doesn't who like you know, I'm so in love with you like weird creepiness. But like it never it it never really fits. Because, like, Padme's always kind of the engine that keeps their relationship going. In Attack of the Clones, she's the one who drags him to Tatooine, uh, excuse me, to Geonosis. uh, In The Clone Wars, she is pretty consistently the one who is always, like, dragging him places and, like, making things happen. Like, she is, you know, to use a phrase that, like, is not sexual but that I hate because it's sexist as hell. Like, she wears the pants in that relationship. There's no question about it. And it's just interesting because we don't get any of that in Revenge of the Sith because writing. But I feel like that is the dynamic that we see everywhere else and everywhere beyond where Vader doesn't know who he is without her.
1: Right. And, I mean, we've talked about this on the pod before about how everything he's ever doing is just to get back to Padme and that's why he is seeking this, twisted though it is, this relationship with Luke. And I just... I just wonder if there will ever be a point in a Star War where we see him let go of her in a healthy manner. Because, like you said, like, as as written in the prequels, super abusive relationship. And they kind of double down on that, too, in the last season of The Clone Wars, where um, they almost, like, break up. Like, they almost, like, split up because he's, like, fucking punching Rush Clovis's lights out in front of her. And he's really uncomfortable with it. And then they wind up staying together because...
3: Plot reasons. Plot reasons.
1: Um, <laughs> um, but it's just ah, it's like every every layer that is added to that relationship just makes it more and more and more uncomfortable.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because like you ask if we'll ever see that side of him ever let go of. Pa- I don't think we will because I don't think he ever does.
2: Oh God, no. Like,
3: like it'll be interesting because, and this is not me dropping knowledge. This is me just like completely spitballing the existence of the world between worlds makes it possible that we may see some sort of alternate timeline oh God. at some point. Oh, and no. like, maybe we will see an alternate timeline where like Anakin and Padme have an actual healthy relationship. Like, but I don't think in the galaxy as we know it in the Canon, we're ever going to see that because I don't think it ever exists. Like, I think the only positive relationship other than his mother that Anakin has ever had is with Luke in the last two minutes of his life,
2: which like yikes. Also deeply problematic. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And
1: why do you think the rest of the sky, the future generations of the Skywalker family are so fucked up about him.
2: Thanks a lot, bro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think it's possible for him to have like a healthy relationship with Padme since he's been obsessed with her since he was like a very small child and like never lets go of it. Like if he's made it that long, there's no way he's going to give that up. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, thanks
1: George Lucas. That's just fucking great.
3: That's why like attack. The clones is so hard to like, honestly, all the prequels, their relationship is really hard for me to watch, but like particularly attack of the clones, because like, The whole thing with the prequels, I actually, and we've talked about this in the past, I actually like the prequels for what they are. I get a lot of enjoyment out of watching them, but they're just one big reminder of missed potential
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: and and the Anakin Padme relationship is number one on that list. mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Like you guys, I know, or you guys know, I love Attack of the Clones, but like, (laughs) especially in the beginning and it's true for the whole film. But, like, he rose up. He's like, you're more beautiful than I remember. And she's like, okay, nice to see you. It's been however many fucking years. And he's like, what's up, girl? <laughs> <And> <laughs> like, he's so fucking creepy. She's like, I don't like how you're looking at me. And he just keeps doing it. And it's like,
3: oh. And then four days later, they're married.
2: What if we didn't do this? I know. I just mm. Plot reasons.
1: It's almost like there should have been a woman co rating the prequels. No. We, nice. we don't need that.
3: It's almost like George Lucas should have sold Star Wars before the prequels. <laughs> anyway,
1: shall we talk about lava?
3: Let's talk about lava. Woo! Because one of the really interesting things about Vader Immortal is you learn about the history of Mustafar, or at least the founding myths of Mustafar, and it didn't always suck.
1: Yeah, no, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I did not expect that at all, and I was kind of pleasantly surprised just because, I don't know, being a current Star Wars nerd, like, always be giving me more content and lore that makes the world richer, and I was super not expecting to learn more about Mustafari because soon we always be just a, a lava shithole slash the resting place of Anakin Skywalker's limbs.
2: I forgot about this part, so I'm going to let you guys do this. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so basically we see this kind of vision from, you know, the the high priestess of the Mustafarians, uh, which like, I I think these are supposed to be different from the little bug thingies that we see in Revenge of the Sith.
1: Okay, so there's lava fleas.
3: No, not like, not the lava fleas, but there's like actual like kind of insectoid Mustafarians that we see in Revenge of the Sith and in the Vader comic. And I don't think it's these people. Really? Maybe it is. Maybe it's just an artistic take on them to make them look more humanoid. But, I don't know.
1: I thought it was supposed to be them. I, I, I'm, It was my understanding that Moose Far only has one sentient native species. Yeah.
3: I mean, it's possible. Again, this could just be another thing where one one of the downsides to having all these different creators work on it is that you probably get these like dude bro types who like have a vision of what they want to include and it doesn't quite fit and they do it anyway. So, So it could be that.
1: I mean, to be fair, the the CGI in the prequels doesn't look so doesn't look as high tech now as it may have back in the day. Um but even back in the day, like I had to watch Revenge of the Sith I don't know how many times to realize that the Mustafarians were like sentient beings because they're working on the lava and the the munitions or whatever the fuck is going on, factory shit going on there. And so they are wearing, like, safety masks, like, metal, like, welding masks, basically. I thought they were droids. Yeah. Until, like, three months ago. Yeah. (laughs) So, who knows what they're supposed to look like.
3: Anyway, so anyway, Priestess of the Mustafarians kind of gives you this vision of the story of Mustafar, which is that it was a beautiful and green and peaceful planet, and it was ruled by this... Queen, lady, I don't remember her name. I'm pulling a Kristen today. Um Corvax or Corvax, Lady Corvax, she thank you.
2: Fired.
1: I'm not sure if it was ruled by her or she just kind of like lived in peace among
3: It was like a kind of like benevolent overlord situation. What? That's kind of how I interpreted
1: Colonialist it. Colonialist as hell, because she was definitely human.
3: Yeah. I mean Yikes. she was because you apparent your character is apparently a descendant of hers. Yep. Um I'm a people. Anyway, someone <laughs> invaded, unclear who. My guess is it was the Sith, um, but that's neither here nor there, uh, and killed her husband, and she wanted to bring her husband back to life, and in doing so, destroyed the planet with this this bright star and Eon engine that Vader now wants to use again.
1: Because she yoinked the heart of the planet, basically. Yeah. Was she also yeah.
2: born from midichlorians?
3: Undetermined. <laughs> <laughs> midichlorians are the powerhouse of Mustafar.
2: Oh my god!
3: Um... <laughs> So, and that's how Mustafar turned into a shithole.
2: Wait. Because ancient From- Anakin fucked it up? Yep, correct.
3: Yeah. Ancient because- Lady
2: Anakin fucked
1: it way up. <laughs> wait. But there's no indication that Lady Corvax was ever successful, right? Uh, No. Okay. She just, she just yoinked it and no one knows where it is now or? Oh, wait, it's in. okay, sorry. Now I remember, so the archaeological like site under Vader's castle was Lady Corvax's castle, correct, and the bright star is somewhere in there, probably
3: that's what that is the assumption
2: is that why they're digging yes,
1: yes, cool um but there's there's absolutely no indication that what she was doing ever worked or... no
3: I'm i to me the indication is that she fucked something up because obviously you went from planet being nice to planet being literal hell.
1: <laughs> great, 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 cool, cool, cool. Um, as, a, as an aside here, as um, we're talking about this, and we're about to, after we talk about this, we're going to talk about our reaction to the VR. The animation on this was gorgeous. Yes. This, yeah, like, the, is it ringing a bell for you now, Miranda?
2: <laughs> yeah, I do remember this now that um, it all sounds vaguely familiar.
1: Yeah, so it, it breaks in from, you know, the, the traditional, like, 3D, whatever oh. the hell we're
2: used to, Oh, I, I oh, did shit. just remember it that time. Holy shit.
3: Wow. <laughs> oh my
2: god. Is this the part where it gets all like weird and trippy? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. it gets all swirly. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, it, okay.
1: No, it was gorgeous. It's kind of like this almost like paper, like wood, wood cut, like cut, like, I don't know. It, lo- it looks, this is going to sound bad, but it kind of looks like a pop-up book. It's like really pretty. <laughs> no, it does.
3: It That's absolutely what it looks like. Kind of yeah. like a pop-up book, a mixture of a pop-up book pop-up and almost book. like. Japanese watercolor, yeah, in a
1: way. like like or like mid two thousands vector art, which was really cool. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, Again, like a
3: combination uh, of those three things. All
1: of these things sound really like okay. Well, Japanese watercolor does not sound insulting. The other the other two things sound insulting. It's not. It's really cool looking. <laughs> um, and the cool thing about the VR, of course, is that you were kind of like immersive. Like you were just like dropped into the middle of like a fairy tale book come to life. It was really neat. Um. Anyway, I do wanna say it's whether the sith attacking mustafar i wouldn't say is actually either here nor there because number one because of the well of the dark side that the castle is on top of and lady corvax's castle also must have been on top of if it's under because yeah which is that seems bad that
2: seems like a problem that she should have known about
0: um wait what's (laughs) her
2: sorry are you saying that her house was stacked on top of another house or on top so of this, the Force cave so
1: i'm saying oh, yeah, it a, it,
3: like it's in proximity to the Force So there is the Force
2: cave and
1: then like two and then like next to it is her house and then on top of everything is vader's castle 9.0 <laughs> okay
2: because so later like dark side pancakes correct
1: yes yeah. right
3: and just for in case people want to know how i come up with my bizarre theories the reason i think it's the sith is because
1: oh what i was gonna say i was gonna point that out is because oh, yeah. uh, um you can see in the animation and in i think there's a mural or, yep. or some kind of like relief carving at some point in Vader's castle that shows the war between the mustafarians slash lady Corbex and these invaders and we know from dooku which we just listened to that the sith had really creepy ferocious war beasts and we see those being ridden
3: or we see some sort of war beasts being ridden yes so that's 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 why it's my theory
1: bad boys yes
3: i just feel like i'm talking so much sorry guys um i just i like i kind of liked this bizarre aspect to it like i don't i don't love the extremely video game tropey you need to find this object that nobody's found in thousands of years. Like, I don't like <laughs> that.
1: Or I, yet, yet again, in Star Wars, there's a chosen bloodline sort of thing. going on. Yeah.
3: I don't life. like that. There, there, Honestly, there's a lot of aspects of this plot that I don't love the background of this that I don't like, <laughs> but I do like the, that we're seeing more of the, the kind of like magic E side of the force. And that's something that we haven't seen a ton of outside of Dathomir. Like, and to me, that's really interesting because it, creates the possibility that, like, you know, thinking about where Star Wars goes from here and Rey creating the new Jedi or whatever they end up being called uh, versus, like, stories that could take place in, like, completely different systems or completely different galaxies or the unknown regions or whatever. And it's in- that's really interesting to me because, like, it supports the theory that the Force is anything one wants it to be, and it kind of is limited only by your imagination. If that makes sense, like you can do whatever you want with the force. You just need to know what you're doing. And like, that is, that is a really interesting concept to me. And I think opens up so much of star Wars and future storytelling past. And then 10 generations down the line, they were force pushing each other. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Definitely. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot to add to that, um, mostly because I think, I think we got hit with kind of an info dump towards the end of this episode of Vader Immortal, and it was, like, it was definitely a worthwhile experience, but it was so short, and, you know, the story continues, obviously, that I, I don't, I want, I want to know more about the Force lore, and we're very clearly going to get it, but or at least I hope we are because if we're not very clearly going to get it then what the fuck did you do? <laughs> um, but um yeah, I think I don't I, I don't think I have a whole lot to say on this point until we get more of it. So shall we talk about the actual gameplay? Yes. Yeah. All right. So, Miranda. I'm going to try
3: and talk less now cuz okay. now, that, now that we're past my area of ranting.
1: <laughs> so Miranda, this is the first time you've done VR, I know.
2: Yes. Um, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I don't think you got the beginning of me doing the VR on video.
1: I don't think I did. <laughs> if you're a Atashi Station uh, Patreon patron, you got a few videos of Miranda and Chris flailing around with the set <laughs> on. <laughs>
3: and you will very shortly get a few videos of Kate flailing around. I just haven't uploaded them.
1: Nice.
2: Um, but did it feel intuitive to you? Like, talk talk about yeah you know i think yeah. it was i think i asked some questions out loud but like you know it it kind of was self-explanatory you you know you walk or do whatever towards things and you can like jump and uh i don't remember do they explain part of that to you when you start or did we just uh, have no. to figure it out okay um I really liked it. You know, it, it did feel very immersive. And I like, I was getting very confused because I was just like in y'all's living room. <laughs> yes. But I was like, I'm on a spaceship. It's true. Like trying to move around and like walking into things. And y- <laughs> you guys were yelling at me that I was about to walk into the coffee table. Um, <laughs> yes. Which was amazing. But it, it was cool. It was a really interesting way to like, experience the star war mm-hmm. and um i i very distinctly remember like when vader showed up for the first time oh man like i'm not a tall person um, <laughs> Yes. i i just remember like vader shows up and i'm like looking up at him like oh shit because like <laughs> he like canonically he's a tall boy oh yeah right and, yes. like, you never really consider it because in fiction, like, oh, yeah, you know, they're this tall or this tall. Or even, like, people in real life, you know, people sure. people that you don't know personally, like, actors, politicians, you're like, oh, they're this tall. Or then sometimes you look and they're like, wait, you're, like, my height or, like, shorter mm-hmm. than I am? And it was kind of that thing, like, seeing him, because I've only seen him on a screen. I've only read him about him in a book. And then I'm looking up and there's fucking darth vader towering above me right it's like i'm a little scared but also you're a big boy Mm-hmm. how did you like playing with the lightsaber it was fun
0: yeah
2: <laughs> um i don't think i was very good at it i'm very glad the game didn't let you die yes <laughs> i would Definitely. not have made it like very far at all um I really like the stuff at the ship on the be, the stuff on the ship at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. That's most of what I remember. <laughs> I think, I think it because the ship was so
1: colorful and, I don't know. I think it, it was one of the. I think if that was a moment where I really felt like, oh, this is like it dumped me in a Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like I, f- like I felt like I was in a Star Wars. Also, like who doesn't want. To run around on a smuggler ship That's and see all the weird stuff.
2: Literally all I want to do on Star Wars is just, like, know. be on a ship flying through the galaxy. Right. And Yes. Also, I think part of the reason is, like, if I remember this correctly, when you they put you at the, on the ship in the beginning and you start out with the story, like, you're at the front of the cockpit area just, like, staring... <laughs> out into space and it's like what Mm -hmm. the fuck is this i was in a living room 10 seconds ago yep yeah no when it
1: makes the jump to hyperspace i was just like ooh.
3: (laughs) yeah it's super simple but like i really love the way it started with the like making you jump to hyperspace because like the like flipping switches and pulling levers is like some of the most intuitive stuff you do the whole game Mm -hmm. experience whatever
1: because Miranda, I remember you got a little confused by this and I got stuck on it for a while, but like there's this, the first time you climb a ladder, I could not fucking figure it out. And I was just like, why am I dumb? Why can't I climb this ladder? Yeah, and
3: like you figure it out and like, you know, you figure out with like all the puzzles and stuff, but like the ship is like from the start, like you're just gonna, like you see switches, you're gonna boop the switches just like you would boop the switches with your real hand. Right.
2: And also, I mean, like we've seen, we've seen Han do this a million times. Like, yeah, yeah. That it's just so iconic in Star Wars, and like jumping to hyperspace, that it's, hmm. it just feels really cool to like feel like you're doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, going back to something you
1: said about how you can't die, I also really appreciated that because number one, I'm not great at video games because I didn't grow up with them, and also, I am um, a girl and no one tells girls and by that i mean all the boys who made fun of me because i was bad at video games no one tells you that you're not just automatically good at video games you actually like it's it's a skill it's like and it's like reflexes and sort that sort of thing um so which is all to say like i this is this is not video games are not a thing i'm used to even though i really enjoy playing them now and vr certainly was not a thing i was used to um, especially with all the hand-to-hand combat stuff, but the fact that they made it impossible to die made it a lot less frustrating for me. Like there's no, boop, you're back at this fucking checkpoint, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, if the point of VR is to make it immersive, then you want the player to be as least frustrated as possible. Like obviously, if you're, if you die, then you have
2: to respawn, and just jerking you out of the whole thing. Right, and. So, I've recently made some progress, and by recently, I mean a couple months ago, on um, the Battlefront 2. Woo! But, like, I am also not very good at that kind of video game. uh uh-huh. And it, it gets so frustrating. And it's like, I want to do it because I want to, like, I enjoy Star Wars. I want to know the story. Mm-hmm. But this was just, like, so much simpler. Definitely. Because, like, the those droid guys could kind of attack me and I would still live. Right. Which was very convenient. Yes. Mm
1: -hmm. I think also besides the fact that you're not playing with a traditional like video game controller, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like you have to remember what all the buttons do or anything like that. Um, You're just, you are, you know, flailing around as you would um, in that actual situation. Uh, One of the other things that I really liked about this was that, um, it was easy for them to make, um, your character or first, well, first of all, obviously it has to be a first person character because you, you, you have a VR headset on, it's obviously you're supposed to be like in there. Um, but also, because they were able to do that really easily the script is written such that it's a super neutral like blank canvas of a first person character so like this person has no gender this person has no race or ethnicity it's nothing it's just like you and i really really liked that it felt um like it could like i don't know like anybody could jump in obviously because it was a blank slate but also you know in light of uh Chris was it the writer of the of the upcoming Fallen Order game who? said uh, it was said the director. It was the director. Um, so if you had- okay, well, who some some higher high level creative person working on Fallen Order, um, was giving an interview and he was asked, you know, after I don't know if he was asked this question, but he was talking about um the main character, um, White Canaan, whatever the fuck his name is, and he was talking about how um they had made the main character like a white dude again and he said a really idiot thing which basically amounted to well we have Rey, so why do we need more lady characters in star wars which was
3: that game's gonna be so bad guys. it's gonna be so bad I, uh, I'm.
1: and you know yeah. I, I and we were talking um on the episodes after celebration about how it felt like such a huge step back even before he said any of this how it felt like such a huge step back after um having Aiden Versio as the main character of Battlefront and so I it was it was cool and welcome and I definitely noticed that um you know this the the main character who um is a Star Wars chosen one and a descendant of this like lady with magical powers like that could be anyone
2: that was pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah yeah I don't even think I noticed that I was but now that you mention it, I like I'm definitely thinking about that, and I don't think there's anything that leads you to believe while you're, like, interacting with a story that there's any gender, or race, or even species. No, like, yeah. I'm a human playing this, but, you know, mm-hmm. the character could easily be anything else.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, You know, like, the... Chris, remember what the name of the robot is?
3: Uh, Zoe 3.
1: That's right. She... <laughs> She only refers to you as captain. There's no yeah. pronouns or anything like that. So I, I thought that was neat. Um, Chris, I know you, the, the droid was not your favorite for a few reasons. Yeah,
3: so. And I know it
1: pains you to talk
3: about this. Well, so I go very back and forth and we can kind of like go into, like what does this add to the canon overall? Like I go very back and forth because there were parts of this that I really liked. I like the history of Mustafar. I like the magical angle. You know I love Emo Vader. <laughs> like, that's my shit. That's my catnip. But, like, <laughs> there was a lot of this that I just didn't feel like was particularly well written. Um, A lot of that is just, like, a lot of the plot contrivances around ancient descendants of Lady Corvax. What are the odds? Right. Like, or, like, magical object. Like, it's, like it felt kind of juvenile.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And... So Zoe Three, for those who have not been, who have not experienced this, is is voiced by Maya Rudolph, and uh, I love me some Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph is hysterical,
1: and she absolutely deserves to be in a Star Wars. However,
3: I would like I would I would like to put her in a different Star War because this just really kind of reeked of we're gonna write you random lines and you have no idea what you're talking about.
1: Right. And you could tell that was the case that they did not really, like, coach her through some of these lines because she was just like, I mean, and this is a nitpicky thing and I'm going to sound like a dick, but like, it, it, I think it does matter for continuity and like immersion sake, especially if, because like, you're not getting this game unless you're a Star Wars super fan and you have a lot of money, right? So, yeah. like, she, like, the... It's within like when you're still on the smuggler ship, and it's within the, within the first like five minutes of starting the the game, she she says Felucia wrong, and I was just like, what?
3: <laughs> like yeah, she says Felucia. She she says repulsor lifts wrong. Uh, like it's just it's very it's, like it was weird. It's very you found a famous person and put lines in front of them and they read them, which is like I, I don't blame Maya Rudolph for this. Like, no, I don't blame. Get her at that all. Star Wars money. Yeah, it's it's frustrating to me that there wasn't more coaching happening, and also like I don't know it was very, and I kind of I I kind of worried about this when they announced her, because, a I'm just always worried whenever they announce famous people in Star Wars like. Because, like, like uh, th- that's just something that worries me. Which is not entirely founded, and that's more just a personal thing. But, like, also, they did, like, some interview, I think, like, during or after Celebration, where they're talking about how funny uh, uh, Maya Rudolph was and how she, like, ad-libbed some of the stuff... And it was so funny. And one of the things she ad libbed was a line where Zoe's like, "I was not programmed for this." I'm like, "I'm pretty sure every droid character in every science fiction franchise in the last fifty years has made that joke." <laughs> and again, I don't blame Maya Rudolph for that. I blame lazy writing.
1: Yeah, no, and it like it, it pains me. That or not
3: lazy, bad writing. It, pain,
1: it it pains me that that bugged me because like there are not enough ladies in Star Wars. Like she's only like the second lady like lady droid that we've seen um on screen in a star war and like for christ's sakes there's none of black people in star wars god knows so it just everything about it just makes me want to bang my head on the table it's, it was just frustrating
3: yeah it's just it because, just like, it I just was, feels like a waste
1: i know i know and it's not her fault because like when you can't just drop somebody in a star war and expect them to know what the fuck is going on
3: because, i mean sure you can that's when you, how you end up with beckett <laughs>
2: Blah, blah, blah. <laughs>
1: sorry people
3: know my feelings on woody harrelson he right so low
1: okay but
3: but that's what it felt like though like that's
1: it's true and also but also like what we got out of woody harrelson was woody harrelson what we could have gotten out of my
2: rudolph could have been oh, extraordinary so
1: good.
0: that's
3: true i i i believe that woody harrelson performed at the peak of his capabilities for that role
2: they should have cast maya rudolph as beckett
3: Oh my God, that would have been so much better.
2: That actually would have been excellent. I would not be taking (gasps) questions. Can we... We could have had black lesbians.
1: Make Solo 2 happen
3: with Maya Rudolph.
2: Yeah, no. Like, it Um, would have been
3: perfect. But yeah, like, and and you're exactly right, Kate. Like, me shitting on Woody Harrelson and his performance in Star Wars is not the same as how I feel about Maya Rudolph. Because I think that Woody Harrelson did the best he could. I think that's just who he is as an actor. (laughs) I think... Had they given Maya Rudolph more preparation and more of a like, and not even more of a role, but just like better writing to work with? No, it was clearly. There's no reason she couldn't have done better.
1: And it is clear she's interested in the material because she sounded like she was having fun. You can tell when somebody sounds like they're having fun when they're doing voice acting, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. It's 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 a shame. It's a shame. Um, going back, also, so so we were, we were going to talk about accessibility and, um. Well, there, there are, I guess, a few th- things to unpack under this topic. The first one is that, like, I understand, Chris, your frustration with, you know, the the many tropes that the storyline is using. But I really think that um, since this is probably going to be a lot of people's first, like, entree into VR, because a lot of people have no reason to want to play a VR game, and, um, like, except for the fact that, like, this is a huge franchise, there's so many Star Wars nerds, like... They want the whole story, like, for the, all the same reasons that you wanted to play this thing. Um, because otherwise, why the fuck would we have gotten a VR headset, right? Um, I think that um, having people translate translate themselves or, like, their gameplay style or whatever the hell, like, their, like, entertainment experience into a VR experience, they, there needs to be something familiar about it because you're already so fucking disoriented.
3: Yes, that's fair. For me, it's going to cool. be... I think the key for me is going to be episodes not just episodes two and three but also where they take star wars vr in the future because this was very clearly a jumping off point this was proof of concept Absolutely. and that's and that's why they like emphasize lightsaber contact right because like when you think if you could be in a star war for a day what do you want to do i want to swing a lightsaber like that's every kid's dream <laughs>
0: right.
3: so like I, I i will be very interested to see what they do with it going forward and if this was just like to get people settled and it does go off into really impressive and cool things in the future, then I will shut up and this will, you know, this will be the beginning and nobody will worry about it.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. And But sorry,
3: sorry. go ahead. I was just going to say like, in terms of like the plot and stuff, there was nothing in the plot of this by itself that needed to be VR. There was nothing that, like, there's nothing that couldn't have been a video game. Like, it felt like you were doing a fetch quest. Mm. Right. To me. And so, and that to me was the frustrating part because you have this new medium that you can use in all these new and different ways. And aside from swinging a lightsaber, you're not.
2: Mm hmm. Mm mm-hmm. um, I'm just going to kick flip off of that point and <laughs> reiterate a point that I know I just made while we were discussing Dooku. And, like, I, I agree with you. And, like, this could have been a video game. Is this the best use of VR? Maybe not. I say this as somebody who has never done VR except that half hour doing this game. But, um, you know, when we were talking about Duco Jedi Lost, I said, well, yeah, like it has to move fast. It has to like kind of have this almost episodic nature to keep you in and like keep you going. You can't do... Um, Empire's end as an audiobook because it's fucking mm-hmm. boring, and I think the same thing really applies here. like this is the first time, like you said, that they're doing this. It is proof of concept. You know, if they had done something more complicated or more in depth, I think it would have been a lot harder to kind of get people to uh get on board with this mm-hmm. new medium. And, you know, like you said, everybody wants to swing a lightsaber. That's a really easy thing to, you know, kind of advertise to get people to buy this. And to, like, Definitely. try to experience this for the first time. Or in yeah. general, if they already fucking have a VR system. I don't know y'all's lives. Um, <laughs> but, right. you know, it. we may not be completely satisfied with the story. But on a certain level, I do think it's necessary because it is the proof of concept
1: definitely yeah uh, um and marina i know this was your first time with vr chris this was your first time with vr as well. it was right? yes okay so um we have the oculus quest yes and the rift was the one that came before that right
3: yes the rift is the one that is the headset but it has to plug into a computer okay the yeah. quest is standalone
1: so um i think i'm besides chris flailing around testing out the Vader Immortal demo at Celebration. I think I'm the only person who's actually played around with VR before um, doing the Star Wars. Um, and that's because we had a rift at my old job. Um, I don't know why. We never used it, except like, except for it was like me and my friend dicking around like my friend who's the marketing guy fucking dicking around with it because we didn't want to work. <laughs> and um, you know, I think. There's a lot to be said, definitely, for the fact that, uh, you know, there's there, the, VR has a lot of potential, and we wanted to see a little bit more of that shown off in episode one of Vader Immortal. But I think part of the problem is that people are still figuring out what that potential is, with, because because VR is still relatively new. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was playing around with the Rift at work, uh, part of it was it had a bunch of demos of like other random stuff, and it was just like you know it it all looked really cool but it was all like juvenile stuff like you're riding a roller coaster or um you know you and it was and don't get me wrong it was really cool it was it was like you are um swimming around in like the um in like a blood vessel or whatever the fuck but it was like really like basic stuff like that so um honestly like playing Vader Immortal like it was that for me was definitely shown me that people's idea of what VR can do has definitely like come a long way because when I was fucking around with that thing that was maybe like two years ago even and the graphics were great and it was fun, but I also wanted to bomb and I was going in one direction only. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think I think we have to keep in mind the fact that this is a this is still a growing medium and that is definitely reflected in the price of the headset yeah um the other thing that we want to talk about definitely was that um you know obviously this is fun and it adds a lot to the star wars lore but it also can't get too deep and crazy into like main parts of star wars because let's face it a lot of people are not gonna be able to play this thing
3: yeah and i mean that's the accessibility concern is a real one. And I think it's a real one for all aspects of star Wars because, and this is actually, I was really excited to see if, uh, so San Diego comic-con was about a week ago as we record this and Delray announced that they are going to ha- be coming out with a, a, uh, print version of the script of Dooku Jedi lost. And to me, that's important because like, you know, we've seen people on star Wars Twitter who are like, I'm, deaf or I'm hard of hearing. And so like, this seems awesome. And I love the concept, but I can't experience it. Like I just physically can't. And to me, like, you know, there's accessibility concerns in everything. Like, like there, there are going to be some people who just can't experience some things, but you want to try to make everything accessible to as many people as possible. And I do worry about the accessibility of vr both from a financial standpoint and from a physical standpoint because i i i wonder what the experience is like for somebody who is you know mobily impaired in a wheelchair for example um so that is one concern i will also say that that i completely agree with y'all and it's funny i'm being actually very negative on this right now i'm not negative on the experience i actually like fucking loved it and i think it is indescribable how it feels to actually be in star wars via this vr and it's like us talking about it just really doesn't do it justice and i think that the potential is absolutely endless with what they could do with this technology going forward i'm nervous more because of the creators involved and the ea dude recently leaving a really bad taste in my mouth about technology developers um but i think the technology is incredible um and i think the this specific vader immortal experience is actually a lot of fun and if you have an opportunity to play it you should um so it's funny i'm like i'm like being very negative but like i wrote a review of it for tashi station and i was not negative at all
2: miranda you were gonna say something oh yeah um chris was talking about the accessibility for
0: hmm
2: uh vr and I was just going to make the point that, like, that, that's a very valid point. You know, like, with, with uh, Dooku Jedi Lost, it's an audio book, but, like, it's still, like, they're coming out with um, the text of it. Like, there's a way to uh, make it more accessible. They can put that out in print so that people who may not necessarily be able to hear it can read it. But I don't think that's something that would translate for this experience. Mm -hmm. Like if you Absolutely We can print the script. Like you can you can probably publish it as like a a short story or something, but it's not gonna be the same. Like you're not getting the same out of it. Because, you know, for all intents and purposes, like you can listen to a book, you can read a book, it's the same. Maybe if you listen to the book, you get some sound effects or whatever but (laughs) this is just such like a it's an all-encompassing experience that like if you can't you know experience all of those there's no other way to really explain what it's like
3: Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah well i think that's as good a place to end it as any
1: well we didn't talk about what we
3: want out of episode two. Oh yeah i guess we skipped that all right what do you all want to see out of episode two <laughs>
2: um i want to see myself coming to colorado to participate Hell yeah. in yeah episode two i like it i like it a lot theoretically
3: <laughs> so they've said that episodes two and three are coming out this year if that's the case then episode two has to come out in the next couple months so we'll see
1: so yeah come hang um i want weird four shit i always want weird four shit as, as y'all know, if you've, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, um, we definitely got a little bit of it in episode one, but I just let me do weird things. Oh. Yeah,
3: I mean, so they've said that where episode one was all about the lightsaber contact uh, combat, episode two is all about using the force. Fuck yes. So we are getting that. For me, I just, I want, I'm very excited for using the force and I want to see how they do it because... I could see it being very contrived and i could see it being really immersive and i'd be interested to see how they do it Mm -hmm. um i want to know more about the plot Mm -hmm. and about what we're trying to do um because it's me and i just got done saying that i felt that aspects of this (laughs) plot were childish Um, (laughs) but you know but and and i think most of all i want to see it be a unique experience in in and of itself in all aspects and i don't even know that i necessarily know what that means like i don't know what i'm looking for and i think that's part of the like inherent difficulty with this medium is that none of us have ever done it before so we don't know what we want and neither do the developers mm-hmm. um but i want to be i want to be immersed but i also want to be surprised if that makes sense
2: yeah, for sure um i do have a real answer now that i'm thinking about it Um, Yes. Mostly because I don't know anything about episode two. I've not read anything about it. So feel free to yell at me. Um, (laughs) I want to see like the setting of it. Like I don't know if it's still going to be on Mustafar. If it is, I want to see more of Mustafar. If it's not, I want to see more of some other shit because there's... Obviously, a very real difference between seeing Mustafar on the screen in, um, Revenge of the Sith, uh, Rogue One, all of that, just, like, those little glimpses and, like, being able to feel like you're interacting with it and traveling around the, even if it's just this castle. So, that was a really cool thing that I like to see kind of extended into future episodes for this is new locations
3: mm-hmm absolutely well hopefully we'll find out in the next couple months and then we'll come back and do another bonus app
1: exactly i also want to know more about like what does it mean when one has a latent force ability like we haven't seen that in star wars either i don't think
3: yeah i wonder if they're gonna explain that past you can use the force now
1: i know like i was just like
3: again writing we'll
1: yeah, see I have...
2: KK i have jokes about that but i'm gonna keep them to myself
1: Uh-oh. oh
3: boy let's let's wrap this up before those come out Uh-oh. uh thank you for listening to this very special bonus episode of the book wars pod next episode i believe this is going to air in between dooku jedi lost and master and apprentice if that's the case then next episode we're going to be talking about master and apprentice the start of the book through chapter 11 In the meantime, hit us up, as always, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at bookwarspod, bookwarspod at gmail.com if you want to email us. And rate, review, and subscribe to us and the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed uh, through Apple Podcasts, through Stitcher, through wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help people discover the show and help us reach more listeners. Uh, If you are so inclined, please donate to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon. And to get exclusive videos of myself, Miranda, and Kate flailing around with a big headset on. As well <laughs> as giving us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod. Our theme song is "Whizbang" by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joby Terror Design. Thank you so much for listening to the Book Wars Pod. For Kate and Miranda, I'm Chris. And we will talk to you whenever our next episode comes out. I don't know if it will be a week.
2: it's about being gay is my correct it's the the latent powers there Yes. yes yes it's true